0: We are now a full week into camp, and I'm going to give you the vibe I'm getting about this program and what worries I still have and where I think they are actually be better than we expect on today's Locked On Boston College. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, A.J. Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of 247 Sports, Eagle Insider. Check out my work there. Now, you are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BC has started camp. They've had uh, six practices already since last Friday. They get tomorrow, uh, today off, Wednesday off, and Thursday is not open to the media so that the media will be able to go back on Friday. But we've had a chance now to kind of watch and talk to the team, talk to the staff, and get a feel about just where things are at right now. Now, it's early. So things are still kind of evolving. They're still figuring out certain things. You know, maybe there's, you know, specific game plan pieces that. It's going to take a little while for them to get to that point, but they're not there yet because they're not even in pads yet. But what is the vibe I'm getting? What is the vibe that the staff has, that the, the players have, that maybe gives us some clues on some of the things that are going on behind closed doors? First of all, let's look at Halfley. Halfley, he is the same Jeff Halfley in a sense that you've seen the last two years. You know, he's very pleasant. You, he's, you know, he he is forthcoming and talking to you and very uh non-confrontational but you can definitely tell there's more of that killer edge to him this year this edge that maybe it's the feeling of us against the world which is absolutely a mantra Boston College should 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 adopt because they are, they don't get much respect and that's that's absolute truth right there but maybe it's more just a feeling of being that underdog that will help Halfley and his players kind of find their their culture here. Now that's kind of been his his mantra on the recruiting trail. You taught talk, he talks to a lot of kids. Many of them feel like they've been slighted by recruiting sites or the bigger programs that don't see in them what you know a guy like Jeff Halfley might see in them. And so this should ring true for this program. But it's that edge you see with Halfley uh, that that adds it. And you know what? I think it's also going to ring true. When we're looking at you know the play on the field, like he seems like he's a little bit more, he's a little bit more assertive out there, a little bit more like he's he's still that uh, supportive, but he has that edge that he kind of gets on players if they're they're doing the wrong thing, and that's the way you have to you have to have that. I mean, like when you watch Adabo, I always bring up the same coaches, but Adabo, Swinney, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, they they all are positive to their players, but they have that uh that edge that they expect the best out of them. And I feel like halfway starting to get that. Like you always want to push them to get better. You always want to push them to do to improve and clean up things that are part of their games because it's the only way you're gonna get your team to be better. So yeah, you want them to be friendly out there, but you also need he needs to have a little bit of the 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 edge of looking at things, finding out what's wrong, and and I see that more in him this year. And He's had that in him, I, you know. He talks about it a lot himself, and he str. And it sounds like something he kind of struggles with. You see, Halfway talking about, you know, I need to be better at, at knowing the offensive game plan more, being more involved in it. Uh, which is not to say he doesn't. He he's just clarifying that his mind always goes to defense first. But he that's something he's working on, and I think he want he he demands that of his players now, and and it's more evident. Than it has been in the past, so it's not to say that it hasn't been there. Um, I see that edge to him. It's going to be interesting to see how that edge presents itself um, on the field, because we've seen in the years past he gets in co- he gets in the uh, play, you know, opposing players. ears. I, I go back to that game that Hunter Long got hurt against UNC in 2020, and that player um, uh, he got hit. I think it was like a low hit, and Halfley flew down the field and got in that player's face. Um, and you, you see him a little bit with the work in the refs, but that's a key there. It's annoying to watch someone like, um, Dabo is a big one. He always does it, but like watching Dabo Sweeney work the refs, it's annoying as an opposing fan base to watch him do that. But there's a, there's a piece of it, of it that is important to do. So if you're seeing, you know, your the, the refs calling things unequally, you need to call that out. And not get yourself 15-yard penalties like Daz used to get done. I mean, he was doing that last year for Colorado State. But doing it in a way that the, the refs hear you. And I think Halfley, as, as he continues to grow, is going to get more into that kind of stuff. And that's good. That's that's the that's the, the progression as a head coach that you want to see. And I think that piece is very clear in what he's doing. But I go back to the, the offensive game plan comment with Halfley and, and that piece of his progression. And and I think Mitch said it on our show Monday. Like, yeah, he's gonna say that. But each coach they have their their comfort level, and you know they may say they want to get more involved, and they they definitely will get more involved. But in, at the end of the day, they they all of us we go to what's comfortable for us. So a coach like Dabo, who was a wide receivers coach before, he might go gravitate more to the offense when they're talking. That might be why Brent Venables was so valuable to him. Halfley. Has made it very clear that the offense is is more of a challenge. That's why he has Rod Chadzinski with him, who's there. For those who are asking, he's still there. He talked halfway talked about him earlier last week. Um, that he's still, you know, talking to uh him about offensive game plan type of stuff. But, you know, he may end up going more towards like, hey, you know, okay, this is what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. Now let me go to the defensive backs. <laughs> that that might just be kind of the the natural progression in the way he looks at things. So I think that. That's going to be a challenge for him, and honestly, I'm not sure it's something that he has to do. Like if you, I, if, when you have that mentality, when you when you come in with a defensive minded mentality, and that's what exactly what Jeff Halfley has, you go with hiring the best assistants that you can to execute what you hope to be the best game plan in your mind, and let them kind of do it with interference here and there, but. That I think that might be reason reason number one why a lot of these offensive uh, coaches are gone, you know like Halfley had certain things that he wanted done, so he did have that mind frame for it, but they just weren't doing it, and he he you know everything is positive right now. He's not going to say anything negative, but I think you know, he's starting to see more of what the offensive game plan is going to start to evolve into those changes from McNulty, uh, from Signetti that we've seen. Uh, we haven't seen yet because it took, it took them to the summer camp to basically get those in. And I think we're going to wait and find out, you know, what those are going to look like and how much of an impact he has out there because he's going to sit on those meetings. I'm sure with the certain, you know, squads and talking to Phil Dracovic and all that good stuff. But he's gotta have some faith in John McNulty too. And I think that's part of the reason why he brought him in was a nice veteran head coach uh offensive coordinator from a big time program like Notre Dame, who's done that before. And he's he's surrounded himself with a lot of other positional coaches that have experience. You know, Richie Gannell was nice, but and and this is not to knock him at all, but Daryl Wyatt, their new wide receivers coach, is much more experienced. He's had he has a longer track record than him. And that might be more of the reason why they're doing it. Same thing with Googs you know Dave DeGuglielmo their offensive line coach he he has uh, he's been coaching more than you know many of these coaches combined he's been in NFL college you name it he's done it and it's a it's a it's a resume that is far exceeds what Matt Applebaum had last year so you got much more experienced guys out there and hopefully as much as he wants to put himself in there, Halfley just relies on the experience and lets the guys, gives them the game plan, the vision of what he wants to do to attack a defense, and goes from there. But that's one of the first takeaways. In a moment, I'm going to give you more um, in depth t- discussion about the offensive line. I talked to Jack Conley today at, at practice and more Halfley at practice, and I'll give you some more uh, insight into where things are at with that group. Now, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered. Head to Bet Online. Line today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today on their website you can do anything i love going for their baseball ones you know uh, atani the the outfielder for the the angels i get a nice little prop bet on him having a hit today Got my fingers crossed on that one but they're all you know anything you can think of bet online has it and i think that's what makes them better than any other site so head on over to bet online where the game starts Welcome back to Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. Thank you for making us your first listen. We do this every single day during the weekdays, five times a week. You can get your Boston College news and analysis right here on Locked On BC. We're the only ones that do it this way. So I hope you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So as I've said, I've been covering uh, the the practices. And I wanna again, for those who haven't been listening, you can't, as someone who covers practice, BC allows you 30 minutes per practice to watch. And a lot of times it's stretching, it's getting some warm ups in. They do some drills at the end that you can kind of get a chance to watch, but you don't get to see the implementation of the game plan. The more interesting information, honestly, comes from the press conferences, getting to talk to the staff and the players. Now, to be fair, they're conditioned. They're not going to give you everything. And if there's something that's struggling with, they're not going to bring it up. It's, it's going to be something they talk about behind closed doors. So you're only getting certain information. But you get a vibe. And certain vibes give you a better sense of what's really going on with the team. And talking to the players, um, you get a sense of where they're at. So, for instance, just... All right off the top of the bat you can tell that phil dracovic is very happy to not have to talk about his wrist anymore or his hand anymore he seems very relieved to be uh you know free and clear of all of that and being able to to talk more about the game plan and you know he seems happier he seems much happier than he did last year um he in fact when i left practice today he was still in there when it was like 90 degrees in, in the fishfield house it's it's swampy in there man um he was in there throwing bombs with Emmett Moorhead back and forth. They look like they're having a blast out there. So he, he's got a good vibe to him. But it's not that kind of stuff I wanted to bring up. It is the offensive line, which is still and will always be the biggest question mark heading into this season. You know, if you're listening for the first time, just to re, re- I always want to make sure you know the situation. Boston College lost four offensive linemen that were starters last year to the NFL draft. And Christian Mahogany, who was going to be an all American guard for the Eagles tore his ACL and is out for the year so BC is now ha- now has to line up five offensive linemen that have not started consistently or are brand new and put them together with a new offensive line coach and a new offensive coordinator and so when you see uh, all these preseason analysis it's, a, it's the biggest concern of everyone and rightfully so but I love what for block I think it was for Bloxton that said to us during our Twitter space yesterday he's a fan of the show he's been on here to talk before he brought up that 2019 might be a good mark of where this offensive line could be. Remember, there was you know there was only two and a half I believe guys on that Ross on that line that had played consistently. Now Trapillo Conley, they've had they've had their opportunities to be out there, so you're not that far off. And, and Conley, you need to see some improvement. But where is that offensive line now? I think is that what everyone wants to know. Everyone keeps tweeting at me. Hey AJ, who's going to be the five starting offensive lineman? Hey AJ, what you know is this guy going to be the guard? Is that guy going to be the tackle? It's it's very consistent right now. the The, the consistency is inconsistency right now because they are lining up everyone everywhere, and we got a chance to talk to Jack Conley today. Who brought that up? You know, he mentioned uh, some of the names that you're going to want to watch for. I asked him about Jude Bowery, and he called him, you know, very athletic, very powerful, very quick. He seems to have learned a lot. Halfley also talked about him being a guy that could be coming up. Uh, so he's someone. Now, it's Jude Bowie is a, a true freshman, but from St. Francis Academy. St. Francis Academy is a national powerhouse for, for high school football. And those are the types of programs that have kids that are more ready to play quick. I mean, they just had C.J. Burton from there from last year, and he's almost he's going to be a starting cornerback this year. So Bowery, you know, he he enrolled early. He could be a guy that is ready to roll, but we don't know that yet. We also don't know if Kevin Klein, another player that both uh, Halfley and and uh, Conley brought up today, he is a I think he's a redshirt sophomore. I think he's a sophomore at this point. He's a kid from Florida who came in, I think, at 6'7", 350 pounds. He was absolutely massive when he came to campus. I think he might have even been close. He might have actually been pushing 370 when he got here. Um, he's turned down to 315. But halfway said, you know, Klein can play guard. Klein can play tackle. Trapillo can play guard. Ozzy Trapillo can play tackle. Ozzy Trapillo is a name that you're going to want to watch for at tackle and guard. That could be a really big... He could be the, the 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 MVP of that line this year, but I think that's where they're at right now, and it's it, it's it's frustrating for some of us that are some of you out there that really want to know now. But they're right now they are plugging and playing everyone everywhere. It's like it's like playing um it, you know building a house, or not actually it's not like building a house. It's like trying to create a robot. You put together all these different pieces. Sometimes it doesn't work. You move something over here. You move that connector over here. See what happens. See what actually gets it to work. And I think that's where the offensive line is right now. Um, And I was talking to another reporter after practice today, and he said, yeah, you know, when I heard Halfley say uh, they're running the ball 50% of the time, he goes, that to me means that the offensive line still hasn't figured it out yet. And that they're still, you know, because run blocking is easy. You, you go attack that guy. But it's the pass blocking that's a little bit cha- more challenging. So he said, you know, he, his, his comment was, you know, they're still working on it. And that makes sense. It's only a week in the camp right now. So this is just a, a, a week in takeaway for BC. This is just what we're, we've learned about at this moment. So, you know, when you see reports that, you know, uh, I think he's a, a freshman or he's a redshirt freshman. Otto Hess uh, has been doing real well at guard. That's great, but is he actually going to be the the guard there, or is he, you know, is he doing it just to try it out? So you can't really read in my my point is with the offensive line, it seems like they're weak in, and Conley feels pretty confident that that they're they're getting things together. He seemed it when you talked to him, he seemed very confident that things are going to come together. But they still have three more weeks left. So I think that's kind of where it's at. And I don't expect BC to come up with an answer to the offensive line situation until like a week before the game when we get that first depth chart. And even then, sometimes Halfway just sends those out and changes it on the fly. So we might have to wait until uh, opening snap against Rutgers on the third. Now, in our final segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about the passing game and look at a few different things that came up over the press conferences over the last few weeks and where my thoughts are about the state of the passing game and what I think BC may be going uh, in 2022. This is Locked On Boston College, A.J. Black. This is our second big camp discussion here on Locked on Boston College again I am an insider I cover Boston College I go to practices as much as I can and I give you what I see what I hear and give you my impressions of what's going on and I again I have other resources through Eagle Insider I you're getting it from you're getting it well from the horse's mouth so each of you that have made us your first listen again thank you so much you're going to have a we're going to have a great time covering and listening to Boston College news together throughout the season now one of the biggest non-question marks this year, I think, has to be the the passing game. Now, of course, the caveat to all of this is, can Phil Djokovic stay healthy? I must have said that probably 400 times doing this every single day. So we're not even going to get into that piece if Phil Djokovic stays healthy, because we've talked about that. What we're going to look at here is where the offense is going, where the the wide receivers need to step up here. Because, the, the key, that the the storyline coming out of camp right now, to me, is BC is going to do everything in their power to get Zay Flowers the ball as much as humanly possible because he is a, as we saw over, we've seen over and over again, he can be a game changer. But Halfley has said, you know, I, I think he said, and quote me if I'm wrong, I think he says his goal is to have flowers touch the ball like 15 times a game, which is crazy, given that you know he's averaging only four or five catches a game. I think last year, again with Grossell throwing in the ball, I get that. But what can Halfley, What can this offense do with new offensive coordinator John McNulty that can kind of change things up, that gets the ball to him, that gets things going, and it's not just gimmicky college stuff. There's parts of the game, I think BC is going to need to improve upon and it's not just flowers that's going to take this passing game to the next level. And and to me that is the short game. Now, I one of the new features that I have on Eagle Insider is I I get I have access now to Pro Football Focus. I've been looking at their grades. And one of the great uh one of the things I pulled up when I when I did my wide receiver preview yesterday, was I looked at Zay Flower's grades, and if you look at what he can do on the long game when those deep passes, his grades are like elite. He has like a 92, which, if you follow Pro Football Focus, you know how high of a grade that is. That's like, that's excelling at the long pass. But it goes down as it goes in, like as it goes shorter and shorter, and to the point where, when around where he would take a, a screen pass, he's well below average. And I think that's not just on Zay. I think that's also on Djokovic, that there's been something in this last in this last couple of years under Signetti, the the offensive coordinator now with Pitt, that shows that BC is not that uh, efficient. With the short game, Djokovic struggled throwing those. He said it himself. Like, he has not been the best at getting those passes to their receivers in a good way. And that is something that he wants to to improve upon. We talked to Mitch Wolf. Mitch was saying that that's something that Djokovic has to improve on. And it's not just screen passes. We're talking quick ones, slants, all that kind of good stuff. That needs to be a focal point of this offense, and we're going to have to hear more about it. And I think hearing from the players, hearing from the staff, that that's something that they're looking at is is a positive sign because we know Djokovic can throw a 40-yard bomb. That's not something that we're worried about here. It's hitting Zay Flowers for five yards, letting him run for 12. It's hitting Zay Flowers for a quick first down or hitting Jaden Williams over the middle. Those are the things that this offense needs to continue to improve upon, and I get the sense just from talking to the staff and to the players, that this is a focal point of this offseason. That this is what they're looking at at camp, figuring out ways of getting better at it, using McNulty's system to kind of improve upon that. So for those of you out there that are hoping to see more of that, I think you're going to see it. We're just going to see how effective it's going to be. Now on tomorrow's show, we're going to continue looking at uh, some of the, the big topics around BC sports. I'm going to dive in and look a little bit more about recruiting I had some folks ask about basketball. I'll have a a whole segment on basketball tomorrow too um, because we're getting closer to their start of the season too and I want to get into some of the things going on around that program. This is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at Black underscore BC or at LockedOnBC. Again, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're everywhere. Find us wherever you get your social media. Again, if you have not hit subscribe on YouTube, do that now. Go to YouTube. Hit subscribe. It helps us a ton. Thank you all who have done that. We'll be back tomorrow with another show, and I can't wait to talk to you then. See, see you soon.